Episode 324, The Rant. Maurice Kearney, associate head coach at SUNY Cortland for the men's basketball team and Uniondale legend. During the pandemic, Mo has strived and thrived. Doing things differently, we talked to Coach about what he's been up to during the age of coronavirus, his upbringing on Long Island, his tenacity playing basketball at Uniondale, to getting to SUNY Cortland, to becoming the senior admission advisor and coach at the school that brought him so much. All that and more, my conversation with Coach Kearney, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest via Cortland, um, senior admissions advisor at the University of Cortland, also the associate head coach at the basketball men's basketball team uh, at the Cortland, and also a former Union Del Knight, which I'm very excited to get to know, uh, Mr. Maurice Kearney. How are you, coach? I'm good, man. I appreciate the uh, for you reaching out and having me on the show. Again, you've had a lot of really, really special guests that, you know, I have really good relationships with. And, you know, I've been watching from afar and listening to some of the episodes. So you're doing an awesome job. And again, um, a pleasure to be on. But everything is well. I appreciate that. How did you catch wind of Referee Rant? Was it somebody that you knew and were like, oh, that's this is pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, you did. A, um, you had a show with uh, Jesse Winter who was my point guard here at Cortland, um, who was the all-time leading scorer here at Cortland. So, you know, Jesse and I are really, really close. And I saw that you had him on the show and he posted it. Um, and I was like, all right. So I listened to the episode, loved what I heard. It was awesome. And then my guy, Andre Brown, mm. who, you know, I went to Union though with, and that's like, that's my guy too. That's like my right hand. So I saw he was on the show and I'm like, oh shit. And I listened to the episode. I'm like, all right, I, I like what's going on here. And then you also have, like, a volleyball player from Cortland. You have a lot of other people that I kind of knew, not on that personal level, but mm-hmm. knew of. Um, and then you had uh, Tex on here, Texas. And I was like, all right, you know, Jarrell, that's my guy. Um, so, no, a lot, a lot of guests on here, a lot of great episodes. And, um, but the main one was Jesse. When you had Jesse on, that's when I really caught one of it, and I started to pay attention and, uh, and tune in. Yeah, that's really awesome. And and we could have these connections, you know, just even me being a women's college official and 
the fact that you're on the men's side and, you know, you just mentioned Kirsten Cody, who's one of like my, the best players that ever I coached. Uh, so I coach at uh, Kellenberg on the volleyball yep. team. So, you know, it's really awesome that we have all these connections, but, you know, I, I did want to talk about, I guess, you know, just being at Cortland this time around, right? You're a senior admissions advisor. You're still on campus. What, what is campus like right now, right? And we're taping this on February 20th, uh, 2021. And it, to me, it's like a weird time. And I don't know what it's like upstate. I just know for here in Long Island, we're just so frustrated with the pandemic now that high-risk sports are being played. And I know that's a statewide mandate, at least on the high school side. Um, what is, what's it like on campus right now? Is it remote? Is it like a mixture? Yeah, so it, it's different, man. It really is different. Um, this place is usually very lively, a lot of school spirit, a lot of kids walking around, running around. Um, right now, it's a little bit of um, a mixture of, you know, hybrids, quote unquote. Um, about 40% of the academic departments are having classes in person. Um, and a lot of other classes are remote via Zoom and Slate and some, some of those other platforms. But uh, it's not as lively as it was. There's a lot of restrictions going on. Um, certain amount of kids could be in a room in a dorm. You got to wear your face mask, you know, basically 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, there's not a lot of, there's no intramural sports going on. Um, kids can go to the gym and work out, but you have to reserve an hour and 15 minute time slot. Um, the dining halls are different. Everything is limited capacity. You kind of got to go in and take it, take out food, um, it's just it's it's not your normal college experience, and I feel I feel it for the freshmen um, because you know they came in really not with a lot of expectations, not knowing what a college experience is, but they know that you know this isn't it. Um, but it's it's tough, man, and these kids are going through a lot. But um, it it does feel good to actually have kids in town and and on campus. I know some schools are fully remote. Um, but it, it's good and it's good for the community as well. Cause we need the students here and, um, but it's very different and, and hopefully things can get back to quote unquote being normal within the next few months. Right. And I think that there has always been different permutations, not of just the virus, but also just the way we've been handling it. And I think it's very clear that it's not going anywhere. We have to find a way, a happy medium, how we can coexist with that. But I did want to speak on the professional side of as you being a senior admissions advisor, how do you how do you persuade somebody like let's say if I'm in a, a, a somebody that's a senior in high school right so now my junior year and my senior year has been weird in high school and now you know I I used to hear about what Cortland used to be like what what kind of yep. salient points can you give uh, an incoming freshman that doesn't really know what the freshman year is going to look like Yeah no it's tough man uh, you know and and admissions as a whole in higher education um, we're struggling as a country. Um, you know, the, a lot of the numbers and especially from the admission side of things, applications are down, you know, obviously within SUNY because we're part of the SUNY system, which is the largest university system in the country. Um, applications are down just because it's the unknown of what does fall 2021 look like. Right. And I think kids aren't applying to school because they don't know, you know, am I going to have classes in person? Am I going to have restrictions on campus? But you know, I think the good thing about Cortland is we've always had a strong brand. Um, even though during this pandemic, as an admissions advisor, I wasn't able to get out there and, and meet with students and guidance counselors and parents to on a face-to-face basis to kind of uh, teach them a little bit more about Cortland and what we have to offer. Um, but I think because our brand is so strong, um, people know about Cortland, uh, people hear about Cortland, and, and automatically can link different experiences, whether 
you know, their aunt, uncle, mom, dad, cousin, or brother went here. Um, their PE teacher at their school, their teacher um, went to Cortland, their PT. Like, there's always some type of connection with Cortland. So I think that's why we've been able to stay above waters from an admission side of things. But, um, man, I've been doing so many Zoom meetings with kids over the last almost going on a year. It's kind of crazy that we're, we're slowly approaching a year that we've been in this pandemic. But um, for me, it's a lot of Zoom, one-on-one, just, you know, talking to prospective students, talking to seniors, letting them know, you know, what campus looks like. Um, we've been able to get some of our tour guides on our – some tour guides in our department to do, like, um, these virtual campus tours where we're kind of showing people the campus virtually and – um, but it's not the same, man. It, it's really not. You can't – it's hard to make that decision of where you want to spend your next four years solely off of pictures and, and Zoom visits and things of that nature. So, you know, we're hopefully slowly being able to, to um, start campus towards the first week of March for students that have been accepted. Um, but I think, again, to, to kind of answer your question, it goes back to us having a strong brand and, and the Cortland name being what it is um, that has helped us um, – you know, stay above high water and uh, allow students to know that, you know, I know Cortland what it is. I know if I want to be a teacher or if I want to go into the health sciences, if I want that medium-sized college feel, if I kind of want to get away from home but still stay close enough, um, you know, I know Cortland is a school that I can apply for, I can apply to um, and maybe go to to spend my next four years. So um, everything is a credit to, to everything that goes along with the name of Cortland um, over the last, you know, 150 to 100 years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I was going to say, obviously, you have a ringing endorsement because you have an emotional connection to it. You have a personal connection to it and you have a professional connection to it. But, you know, I'll just say aside from that, just as a volleyball coach, I know that we've always worked hand in hand with the the University of SUNY Cortland. um, And we've we brought so many so many players from from my program that have been very successful at, at that university. So I definitely give it my ringing endorsement. But I wanted to go back to about 11 months time, a year ago, around this time, during your basketball season. Well, first, I wanted to ask you, how are you holding up with this whole coronavirus for yourself personally? How is your family doing? And, you know, if you can go back to last year, the basketball season, just being in Cortland around campus, when was the moment that you took all of this really serious? Yeah, no, it was it was it was crazy. So we um we actually had a chance to, to actually complete our entire season. Um, we fell short last year, and we lost in the first round of the SUNYAC tournament to Oswego. Um, so we did finish the year, and we had an okay year. You know, anytime you win 17 games at the collegiate level, um, that's always impressive. So, you know, we finished the year 17-9. and nine. Um, We were 11-7 and seven in conference, finished fifth place, um, and we played the fourth seed at Oswego. So we did finish the entire year. Um, but it was it was tough because, we started this transition into our off-season work with our returning guys. Typically, you know, that's that's lifting and guys getting in the gym. So all of that stuff came, came to a complete um, halt uh, when everything started. Um, and then at that point in time, I was actually – I was just getting in my car ready to go down to the CHSA AA um, playoffs at Fordham mm-hmm. on that Sunday, and then they canceled the playoffs. And then that's when it kind of really hit and, and everything started to get canceled and then – um, you know, people stopped really going outside and, you know, all the toilet paper started to come off the shelves. And uh, <laughs> at that point in time, that's when it kind of got, you know, real serious for us right around, you know, that March time frame. 
Yeah, I was going to say I, I I worked those games, those uh, those Catholic League games, and I just remember when they were saying, just from a, a referee side, I, I know a lot of games were getting canceled and postponed, and we were all like, "This is what referees do." Like, wait a minute, why did they take away my assignments? And then you start thinking, like, "Oh well." When once the NBA canceled, that's when we all knew um, all bets were off. Where were you when that moment happened? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, in my office in admissions, I am the, the Northeast out-of-state recruiter. So I recruit a lot of New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Um, I go to PA a little bit. I do cover some in-state New York City, Long Island. So I was actually in New Jersey. I was getting ready to, um, to go to a college fair at Keene, at Keene University. And then my director in admissions, he called me. He said, Mo, we're taking everybody off the road. I know you got a fair tomorrow. It's probably going to be canceled. Um, you know, stay overnight and then head back up to Cortland um, in the morning. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, and that same night, that same night, that's when the NBA canceled. Um, but it was actually a kid uh, who I was recruiting. He was a senior. He was at a charter school in Brooklyn. <clears throat> and they were playing at an off-site, um, at an off-site uh, court in Brooklyn. And I was like, God damn, do I go catch this game? You know, things are getting serious. Um, so I made sure the game was still played, and they still played the game. And it was actually – it was awesome that I got to see because we was able to land a commitment from this kid um, from that game. But I went to that game, and then I had it right up to Cortland. And then that night, um, that's when everything got canceled. So I was really – I was on a road ready to start my uh, my spring travel season for, for college admissions. And, you know, I got pulled off the road by my director, and he said, we're shutting it down. Mm. But there is a silver lining with this, and I'm certain that you um, had more family ties. I know you're married, and you you probably got a, a chance to at least reflect and do things. I wanted to ask you, during this whole time of pause, what do you think you learned about yourself? Oh, I've learned a lot, man. I, when it first started, I always said that, you know, I have to come out of this thing um, a better person at some point, um, doing something. Um, so uh, the first thing I did was, I was bored in the house. So I, you know, I, I watched a lot of synergy, so I watched way more games. I think I became a better coach while not even coaching. Um, a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of coaching clinics. Um, so I think I, I think I am a better coach, you know, coming out of this pandemic. And I was really, really bummed that I couldn't, you know, have a season this year. But um, I got really good with iMovie and, and making highlight films and things of that nature. Um, but I also used the time to spend time with my wife, um, we got a pandemic dog who's actually sitting here staring at me right now. Um, so we got a French bulldog um, February 14th of the last Valentine's Day. Um, and then obviously the pandemic happened. So my wife and I, she's a special education, elementary special education teacher. Um, so we were both in the house, you know, for months. And we got Lola, our Frenchie. So she's, uh, she's pretty spoiled with having us around. Um but I, I started reading a lot more, um, started really looking into finances. We were able to purchase our first house um, through the pandemic. So um, I, I learned a lot, you know, through this time. OK, so there was a silver lining. And first of all, shout out to Lola. Right. So Lola and all the other dogs during the pandemic, they're getting all the love that they should have <laughs> went. Right. Because I think about before this. You know, you're just everyone is so out and about. So it's like, oh, man, this dog's going to be out there for t- 10 hours. But now it's like, nah, we're chilling with you. We're good. <laughs> Literally every single day, all day long. Um, so now it's like when we're not around, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I know that you are deeply entrenched in Cortland. Uh, but 
I know that your origins are, are very closely tied to the things that I know as a kid. So I just want you to get the opportunity to just talk about, you know, where are you from? Where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in Westbury, um, all over for the most, not all over, but I would say I was born in Westbury. Um, I did like my pre-K in Westbury. Um, moved to Hempstead. I did, I believe it was first, second grade, and third grade in Hempstead. Then I moved back to Westbury. Um, I did my elementary school, fourth and fifth grade um, in Westbury. And then we moved to my mom, my sister, and I moved to Uyendale. And I did Uyendale from sixth grade middle school at Lawrence Road. Um, and then my mom still lives. We're still living in the same house in Uyendale. So, um, I'm gonna be honest, man. Growing up, I didn't play too many, too much sports. Mm-hmm. I was uh, somewhat of a trouble kid, you know, kind of running around, being a knucklehead. Uh, my older brother, who's uh, who is, I believe, three years older than me, um, he played a lot of sports. So, you know, he was on those bunky re teams with Mike Jack. Um, you know, he played lacrosse, he played football. So, I always looked up to him. And and again, I never really got into any organized sports. I played in the bunky re like you know, those summer tournaments in Westbury, but never really took it serious. Um, I, I, my first, I guess, would you say organized sport was actually lacrosse. Uh, my best friend, Tarek, uh, rest in peace, who passed away a few years back, uh, he was into lacrosse and he got me to play in lacrosse. But you want to know something funny? Um, the One of the real reasons why I actually picked up a lacrosse stick and started playing is because obviously I went to Lawrence Road you have Turtle Hook, which is in Uniondale. Right. And we were kind of like, you know, Lawrence Road didn't like Turtle Hook. Turtle Hook didn't like Lawrence Road. Forever. So you you, you kind of, you'll take this funny. So in order for me to, to get to Turtle Hook, um, Lawrence Road and Turtle Hook, we had combined lacrosse teams because there weren't enough kids at Lawrence Road that were interested in lacrosse. So TH and LR actually combined lacrosse teams. Mm-hmm. So we would take a bus from Lawrence Road and go to Turtle Hook for practice. So one of the reasons why I decided to play lacrosse because that got me an opportunity to get to Turtle Hook to do some knucklehead things. And it was, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, yeah. Right? When, you think of, when you think about it, I'm like, all right, how can I get to Turtle Hook? But also, too, like I, I did like the sport. Um, I, I made a lot of good friends after it. And it's funny because Andre Brown, you had Andre ahead. That was my first interaction with Andre um, going over to Turtle Hook for lacrosse practice. And I'm like, who is this four foot five? You know, small kid, and he talked a lot of shit. And he, and he was a knucklehead, too, right? He was a super knucklehead oh, he back a, then? Yeah, he was. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He was a super knucklehead back then as well. But but so lacrosse was actually like my first organized sport. I played that uh, seventh, eighth grade. Um, got to Uendo High School. I played it in ninth grade. Uh, in middle school, because Lawrence Rowe was good at, at basketball, um, guys always wanted me to play, but again, I was running around, you know, kind of doing the wrong thing. So never really, never played. I got to Uyendel High in ninth grade. Um, I played lacrosse and then I also played football. That was my first time playing football. Mm-hmm. So same thing. My best friend, that got me to play lacrosse, Tarek. He was like, yo, Mo, you got to play football, man. Like cut it out. Come play football. I was like, all right, I'll come play. Um, I went to practice for one day and he was like, all right, you're playing varsity. I had a pretty good, you know, training camp over the summer. He's like, you're playing varsity. Um, same thing, though. They're like, my friends, because all the basketball guys, like, I, I was cool with all of them. I just never played. And then um, and then actually 10th grade, 
I started to get in trouble a little bit, and my mom was like, listen, if you get suspended from school, if you get in trouble again, you're going to go live with your dad. At the time, my dad was living in Elmont with my brother, and I was like, I didn't want to go. Like, I was like, all right. So um, I kind of got my act together. I was always a decent student, though. That was one thing that my mom didn't tolerate. So I always was like, I did what I had to do in the classroom. Um, I was a little bit above an average student academically. So I was, I was trying in the classroom. I just kind of was making the wrong decisions outside of it. So then 10th grade, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this basketball thing a try. Um, I always knew Coach D because, you know, I had him as a PE teacher. So um, I tried out for JV team and I made JV. Um, and I remember, like, like it was yesterday, my first game, like, kind of organized basketball was against Port Washington at Port Washington. And I probably had, like, 27 or something like that, all off of right-hand jump hooks. I had a really good <laughs> high school teammate. Um, and my guy, Bo, he gave me these Magic Johnson DVDs. <laughs> um, and I remember these Magic Johnson DVDs, it was Omari Sotomayor, and he was just going over jump hooks and drop steps, jump hooks and drop steps. And I'm going to be honest, Ralph, that's all I did. That's all I knew. Um, if I got good positioning, my right-hand jump hook, if they took it away, drop steps. So I played uh, I played uh, JV in 10th grade, um, and then I played varsity football in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. I got moved up to varsity towards the end of the JV season, um, and in the varsity, I think they lost to Baldwin in the Nassau County uh, Championship game my 10th grade year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played varsity 11th grade. We won Long Island. We won Long Island Championship um, my 11th grade year. We lost in the state final four up in Glen Falls to Newburgh. And then my 12th grade year, um, we were we were supposed to be really, really good my 12th grade year. We ended up losing to uh, – to Hills West and Tobias in the Long Island Championship game my uh, my senior year in high school. Mm. Now, during that whole time, I, I just wanted to see what it was like because this is always like a fork in the road for me. So, obviously, we talked about this all fair. Coach Diana was, and he's a Hall of Fame Long Island basketball coach out here. He's a legend. Um, I never got the opportunity to play for him because even though I was like two blocks away, I did go to Kellenberg and I played for there and, and that's where my allegiance yep. is. But, you know, my roots are in Uniondale. What, what was it like playing for him and what, what did you learn and when did it start getting serious to the point where now you were thinking about playing at the next level in college? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I wouldn't be where I am right now without Coach D. Um, it, it was it was a pleasure. It was an honor. You, you kind of take it for granted, I guess, while you're playing for him or, and, and you're going throughout your high school career. But I think if you ask all his players, it's not until after you're done playing mm-hmm. for him. And once you get a little bit older, you really start to think about some of the lessons and some of the things that, you know, he taught you and, and some of the values that you instill in your everyday life as an adult. Um, he was a hard-nosed coach. He was on you. Um, we ran a lot. He took no shit. It was always we over me, um, you know, how, how could you're not one player is never bigger than the team. Um, so it was, it was amazing, man, playing for him. And, and he was great. I mean, X's and O's, uh, I feel like he ran the program like a college team. Um, so for me, like when I got to Cortland as a freshman, um, everything was, I won't say easy for me, but mm-hmm. making the adjustment wasn't that hard like some of other freshmen because of the program that I came from in Union, though. Right. I mean, we had scouting reports. We watched a lot of film. 
Um, he was on us defensively. I mean, if you didn't defend, you couldn't play at you, you know. So that's why I think we were holding teams like we ran and practices as teams scored over like 35, 40 points, an entire four quarter high school game. So, um, you know, he, he worked us really, really hard. So I think that's why I was able to kind of transition and take all the work ethic and all the things that I learned from Coach D uh, into, into college. But for me, um, I was a first generation student. Um, in my family, so first one to so graduate from a four-year institution and go to college. So college wasn't talked about a lot in my household. Um, and it was Coach Diana who kind of was like, yo, listen, you know, it's your senior year. You know, we kind of haven't talked about college. Like, what do you want to do? I'm going to be honest. I didn't think I was good enough to play in college. Mm. Like, I was, I was okay in high school. Like, you know, the UNO teams are really, really good. Um I'm trying to think. Like, my junior year, I was, like, a really good role player. You know, I played defense. Um, I was kind of like that hard-nosed, tough player on the court. Because we had a really, really good team my junior year. Um, and then my senior year, when I was like, all right, I was one of the leaders on the team, um, everyone averaged, like, anywhere from, I don't know, 10 to 13 points. Our leading scorer probably averaged 15 to 16 um, but again, I was like a really, really, I was a role player. Um, I did what I had to do. I was a good passer. Again, I usually guarded the best player, set screens. I talked a lot. So I didn't know, I didn't think my game trans, translated to the college level and never really thought about it until Coach D was like, yo, listen, you're a senior now. Like, what's next? What's what? And I was like, damn, I never thought about that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, Nassau is kind of down the road. Like, am I going to Nassau? But it's kind of crazy now that I'm in the admission side and, and I look at it, like, people used to bash Nassau so bad. Well, it's like going to the 13th grade. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes to Nassau. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, there's nothing wrong with going with a junior college if you're kind of unsure of what you want to do with your life. Yeah. You might want to go save money and maybe take some classes. Um, so at the time, I was like, ah, people are talking bad about Nassau. It's like the 13th grade. Why are you going to Nassau? So I was like, eh, I don't think I want to go there. Um and he was like, listen, I think you'd be a great PE teacher because I always worked his all Long Island basketball camp um, in high school at, at Walt Whitman every summer. And I was always good with kids. And, and he was like, listen, I think you'd be a great PE teacher. It allows you to stick around sports. Um, it allows you to work with kids and be a leadership um, in the schools. And I looked at as, I looked at my PE teachers throughout high school in Uniondale, and I'm like, damn, if I can have a career doing what you guys do, and making money and, and coaching and kind of having a relationship with kids and being mentors and role models. I, so I think I could do that for the rest of my life. So mm. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll be a PE teacher. And he was like, all right, these are your options. He said, if you want PE, you automatically got to think about Cortland. You got to think about Brockport. And he said, you got to think about Springfield College in Massachusetts. So I was like, all right. I went to my guidance counselor. Looked at all three of them. Um, Springfield was kind of automatically out of the question because single mother, it was out of state. I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford it. Um, so I was like, SUNY was my best option um, from a, an affordability standpoint. And he was like, Coach D, it's funny. He said, go home, be a research, look up Cortland, look up Brockport, come back to school tomorrow, let me know what you think. Come on now, I'm 17, 18 years old. There's no way I went home, opened the computer, and did any <laughs> research. I had a couple. I had a couple buddies uh, that actually went to Cortland, who was from Uniondale. Um, one shout out to my guy Aljamain Sterling, who's actually fighting for the uh, the bantamweight title. I believe March sixth um, or March twenty sixth, coming up in March. 
Um, he he wrestled. He was an All American wrestler at Cortland. His brother Troy, um, who I knew from Uindale, was a wrestler at Cortland. And then Andre Berry, who I played football with at Uindale, was also a wrestler at Cortland. So the first thing I did was I called those guys and said, "Listen, I'm looking at Cortland. What it's about? Let me know what it is." And they always like, "Yo, listen, this this place is everything." It's not too far away from Long Island. It, it's far enough where you can get away. It's very, very, very different. But if you want PE, there's no better school um, in the Northeast. And I was like, all right. And I'm going to be honest, it, it, kind of, it sounds funny, but my favorite color is red. And it just made sense for me. <laughs> it, was, it was red and white. Um, I heard a lot of great things about it. Um, three PE teachers at Uinda went to Cortland, so they always talked about the campus. They always talked about the school, their memories. Um, I applied for the Educational Opportunity Program, the EOP program, which helps students that may not have the, the grade requirements to get accepted, but also um, that needs help financially. So I got into that program, and and it was that was it. I was like, I'm going. I never even visited the campus. <laughs> crazy, crazy. I bet you they were. Yep, never. I bet you when you were doing that no. research, when they were telling you about Cortland, they were like, well, it's close enough back home, but it's it's long enough. So if you do get in trouble, you know, your parents are in the car and you could prepare the room or whatever and figure it out. I already, I already know what it, I already know what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was like, and, and, uh, and Coach Diana reached out to the coaching staff um, here at Cortland, uh, Coach Serge Clement, who is the, uh, the top assistant at Marist College now. He's a, he's a big mentor for me. Um, he was uh, he he was the one that that recruited me, quote unquote. Um, you know, he came down to a couple of scrimmages. He helped me out with the entire application process. Helped me out with the financial aid. Like my mother, she did she did nothing really within the process. Mm. Um, Coach Serge, he he walked me through the entire process, filling out the FAFSA, completing forms, um, the the EOP interview over the phone. Um, so he did everything. He came down to a couple of games. Uh, came down to the Long Island Championship game, uh, and I was like, "Yo, listen, if I get accepted, I'm coming." Um, and then that was that was that was kind of what happened. That's so cool because that comes full circle, and now you have your own personal story of how you got into the school, and that probably is the guiding light of you know you being a coach there. That way, you can recruit on a very very deep level, a very emotional and personal level, especially like on on the senior admission side, just of like how lost you were. And, you know, just shout out to schools like Nassau Community College. I've always thought the same thing when I was growing up here. And that's that's how we are. We're in Uniondale. It's like five minutes from school. So you, you think of it like eh, it's an afterthought. But, you know, if if you are just confused and you don't know what to do, it's a great way to, you know, just put your roots down. I think I always try to tell young people, too, that if you're going to Nassau County, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you have a purpose. Right. As long as you know what like the next step is like you're doing this for a purpose, not just to say like, oh, well, I'm just going to take liberal arts and figure it out. But um, good. No, no, I was going to say absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the thing, man. If, if you're not too sure, maybe a major, if you're not too sure if you want to go away. I mean, shit, if you want to save some money. Right. Like if you think about it, you're living at home, you're just paying tuition. Um, why not? You know, why not? So. So, no, I, I really do appreciate you know, Nassau, Nassau Community College being there, being in our backyard and giving a lot of kids the opportunity um, that's that kind of questioning things and not too sure to be able to have an outlet and go there and kind of get their feet under them um, mm-hmm. and, and build that foundation before they go go up to a four-year institution. Yeah, 100%. Now, I did want to give you the opportunity to just talk about, 
you playing at Cortland, right? So obviously I know that uh, your sophomore and your senior year, you were a captain, and you played with Jesse Winter, who's the all-time leading scorer at your school. Um, what what was that experience like? Yeah, so so when I came into Cortland as a freshman, um, I didn't know you know what to expect, really. Uh, we had a very, very, very young team. Uh, we had one senior who was a all-league player. He actually quit the team uh, midway through the season. And then we had a junior, Nick, um, who was our really only upperclassman at that point in time. Uh, coming in, I was a freshman. We came in with the freshman class, I believe, of about six. And majority of us was from Long Island. So it was me. I was from Uindale. My guy, Mike Bonimo, he played at Oceanside. Uh, Garen, he played at Glen Cove. My guy, Ryan Kenny, he played at Valley Stream North, I believe. So I came in with, with other kids from Long Island. So we kind of, you know, had a connection right away. Um, and built a lot of chemistry and, and had a bond. But we were young, man. Like, we were not good my freshman year. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people say, well, you started every game your freshman year. But, well, but not every game. But for the most part, I started majority of the games my freshman year. But I always tell them, I was like, hey, fellas, we weren't that good. Um, but we were a young team, man. I mean, Jesse and those guys, I guess Jesse played a lot his freshman year out of his class. He was the one that played the most out of his freshman year. He started at the point guard position as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And then as a sophomore, those guys stayed together. Um, and we took, our, we took our bumps and bruises, and, and we learned a lot throughout the season. I believe we finished as a last-place team in the SUNYAC, um, getting the last seed in the SUNYAC tournament uh, my freshman year. And we ended up uh, losing to Buffalo State um, in the SUNYAC tournament. But, you know, we had a, high, a lot of highs, a lot of lows during that year. Um, I remember going up to Plattsburgh uh, at the time, who was really, really, really good, and we weren't good, and we beat them on their senior night, um, and that was probably the highlight of our our year that year. Um, but but we were very, very close. Um, we knew that we were young, but we also knew that if we stuck together, we could be good. Um, so you know, after my freshman year, um, and for me, like if you think about it again, I mentioned how my I was I was pretty much a role player at Uindale. I just really took – I came into Cortland and took all the lessons and the values that I learned from Coach D in the UNL program and applied it to, to everything that I did at Cortland. And, and right off the jump, you know, defensively, that was my thing, man. I defended like no other. I took that with pride. I wanted to guard the best players. You know, I was tough. I was gritty. And I think that was, that's one of the reasons why I, I was able to find, you know, some time on the court. Um, and then I was starting to develop offensively. And I think for me – um, it was all about confidence because I worked out a lot. I worked my ass off. I put a lot of time in, but I kind of like self-confidence on the offensive side. But, again, being tough and, and being able to guard and, and, and play defense allowed me to, to kind of get some time. Mm. Um, after my, after our freshman year, we was like, all right, fellas, let's let's go, man. We're, we're Let's stick together. I think next year, so that following year, that was Jesse's junior year, we were like, we can be special. So a lot of us played in the um, – the uh, the summer league at uh, at Island Garden, um, that adult league, which is really really good over the summer, um, we actually put a team together in that, and we we had kids from the city coming to Long Island playing it. Um, so we built a lot of connections um, and, and built our chemistry through there, and we worked our asses off. And um, you know, my sophomore year, Jesse's junior year, we were able to to win. I believe we won about nineteen games. Wow. And uh, and we lost in the SUNYAC championship. And we, we, we felt that we should have got a bid that year. I think we had lost to Oswego 
at the buzzer, which uh, mm-hmm. which stopped us to getting the 20 wins. I think if we got the 20 wins, we would have got an at-large bid. Mm-hmm. But we lost to the SUNYAC tournament, and that was a heartbreaker for us. But we were able to go to the ECAC tournament, which is for us is like the NIT, I would say. Um, so we won the ECAC uh, championship uh, game. And then the next year, we knew. I mean, I'm be honest, Ralph, we knew that. You know, it was our title to lose mm. going into Jesse's senior year, my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, we took our bumps and bruises as underclassmen, as young individuals learning how to play the game. So now that Jesse's group was seniors, my group were juniors, we knew that it was our championship to lose. And we were able to win the, the, the SUNYAC title and make a little run in the tournament. We ended up losing to a very good Middlebury team at home in the round of 32, um, Jesse's senior year. Mm. Now, once Jesse left, what was your senior year like? Yeah, so once Jesse left, it was like, all right, you know, those those guys were, you know, they were um, they were the foundation, right? They they kind of the program went as they went. Uh, my my group was we were kind of like the role players within our class. We had um, a kid in my year, uh, Kevin McMahon, who was a first team All Suniac guy. He was a thousand point score for Cortland. He was he was legit. Like he was really really good. He was one of those players that um, if he played AAU in high school, like it was kind of like how did you end up at Cortland? Like he was that good. Um, and he was from uh, he was from upstate New York uh, near the capital region near Albany, but played for a really really small high school. Um, so for us, we were like you know the foundation was there. We knew what it took to win games. Um, we just weren't that good talent wise. Like we weren't as deep as we were as a team when Jesse and those guys were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we made the playoffs. We ended up losing in the first round. Um, well, I believe Oswego my senior year, but we won, I believe 16 games, 16, 17 games, um, that year. Um, which is again, if you win, you know, 16 plus games in college basketball, it's always, um, it's always a hard thing to do. So. You know, made made a made the SUNYAC tournament, but but got bounced out um, in the first round, and that was that was the end of my my college career. Now, after that, once your college career wrapped up, um, were you trying to play pro, or did you go straight into coaching? No, I, I had no no uh, no thoughts about kind of continuing to play. I was like, it was over. Um, it took me. I graduated in five years, so after after I was done playing. Um, after I was done playing, I had another semester really to take. I think I needed about three, six, anywhere from six to nine. I think nine credits. So I really only needed three classes before I can student teach from uh, to finish up my degree in phys ed. Mm-hmm. So in order, obviously, in order to stay, to get financial aid and be a full-time student, you have to have 12 credits. So I was three credits short. And uh, Coach Spanbauer, who's the head coach at Cortland, um, he knew about my situation. He said, listen, Mo, how about you do a three-credit independent studies with the team as a student assistant coach? So he was like, I'll be able to give you three credits to be a student assistant coach. You would help us out, be around the program. You know the program. You just finished playing. Um, that way you'll be a full-time student. You'll get financial aid, um, and then we'll go from there. And I was like, all right. You know, I, I didn't really think too much of it. Um, you know, my goal was to graduate, be a PE teacher, um, you know, be a high school high school coach, try to win some state championships. But when I was awarded with that opportunity, um, he allowed me to be around the coaching. Like, I was in all the meetings. I, I helped out with recruiting. I helped out with player development. I helped out in practices. 
So I, I really earned my three credits. And then I did my student teaching up here. I did my student teaching up here. And I still helped out with the team and helped out with the program. And I think that was the eye opener for me. I think that that gave me the opportunity to really be around um, the college game on the other side as a coach. And I fell in love with it from there. Um, and at that point, I was like, man, I think I want to stay on the college side. Um, my at the time, my wife now, she's my girlfriend. She, uh, you know, she's a year younger than me. Who she's also from Long Island. She played at St. John the Baptist. Okay. Um, so for her, she said, you know, we graduated undergrad at the same time. She kind of was like, listen, I'm going to stay here and get my master's. And I'm be honest, I was like, I was never thinking about my master's. I said, listen, it took me five years to graduate. I'm ready to go back to Long Island, go back home. I, I'm a big mother's boy. I was like, I'm ready to go back home to my mom. Um, I, I was I was researching. I was going to start a, a sport management graduate program at Adelphi University. It was a program that I, I believe I was going to get accepted into. And... And she said, well, I'm going to stay. And I was like, damn, I guess I'm going to stay too. <laughs> so I ended up, I, I ended up, I ended up was like, you know, and, and she, you know, she pushes me. She said, don't watch, sell yourself short. I, I wasn't really thinking about masters. I was like kind of thinking, can I do this? Damn, it just took me five years to graduate from undergrad. Like, can I get my masters? And she was like, listen, do it. So I applied for the, a graduate program in health ed at Cortland and I got accepted. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. I'll stay and get my master's. And then I went to Coach Spambauer and I said, listen, Coach, I want to hop on staff. Like, I want to do this thing. Like, can I, can I, can I hop on staff? I'm going to stay here in Cortland and get my master's. And he was like, Mo, like, man, there's no money for you. Like, we already got, you know, two assistant coaches. You know, obviously for, for us, the budget isn't that large for assistant coaches. So I, I can't offer you any money. Now, Ralph, this is where relationships and, and kind of being true to yourself comes into play. My freshman year, one of my assistant coaches, Carmen Wingard, mm -hmm. um, at the time, he, he was my assistant coach for one year, my freshman year. We had a really good relationship. I was never a knucklehead. I, I, I listened. I was accountable. I was responsible. I did everything that I could, um, you know, to, to kind of be that type of person. He left, and he went to be an assistant coach for the women's side at Cornell University. Um, for a few years. He then came back to Cortland as a senior admissions advisor in our admissions department. He reached me when he heard that I was staying in Cortland and told me that there could have been an op there possibly is an opportunity to join the admissions department as a part-time employee and I'd be making uh, about sixteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 as a part-time admissions advisor. Wow. And I was like, I was like, okay. So certain things had to happen in order for that job to open up. And those things happened. And I applied for it. He got me, he basically got me the job. So that's how I was making money as a first year grad student. So I was doing part-time admissions and I was coaching for free. So I would, I would literally, I got a car in the middle of September. They gave me a list of schools to go to, to visit, um, to do these college fairs. I mean, I was all over. I was driving to Boston. I was driving to Fairfax, Virginia. I was driving to Maryland. I was driving. I was driving everywhere. But for me, I didn't travel as much growing up. Mm. So I had this. I had this brand new 2012 white Charger that I got from Enterprise, and they said, "Listen, take this list. I want you to go to these schools. Here's a school credit card. Book your hotels. Um, you know, you get a you get a certain amount of money for food every day." And I'm like, I'm 21 years old. I'm 
I was like, all right, let's do it. I was making 18000 and I traveled all across the Northeast, um, just driving around, talking to students, meeting with parents, meeting with families, talking about my experiences at Cortland. Um, and then after that was done, I was able to go ahead and coach uh, my first year without getting paid. And that was awesome. That was, that was a really, really fun year for me. Um, but that's how I got into coaching. Um, I went to Coach Van Bauer. He helped me out. I did it for free. Um, but but it, it all circles back to my freshman year, right, being true to myself, being who I was, and not being an asshole because my assistant coach, who ended up in admissions, gave me the opportunity to be a part-time employee, and now here I am six years later as a full-time senior advisor. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I wish everyone in like in our area would hear that because sometimes we think so insular. We always think about just here and what's our next step going to Nassau and we're going to stay home forever. But, you know, you really used and leveraged your connections and all of your experiences to really broaden the way you looked at the world. So that's really awesome for you. But I wanted to get back on the officiating side because this is the rant. I did want to ask you from your playing experience and your coaching experience all this time. What has your perception of officials been this whole time? Yeah, all right. So <laughs> I'll give you the story. So I, I, Jesse might have told the story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really remember, but my freshman year, Jesse's sophomore year, we were playing in Fredonia, um, which is outside of Buffalo. And it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday afternoon. We played, I believe, at 2 o'clock. And, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. We were bitching at the refs like – like all get out. I mean, every call as a team, we were bitching, we were complaining. And at halftime, um, it was halftime or at the end of the game, uh, Coach Spanbauer came into the locker room and he ripped us apart. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? You guys are bitching at the refs. You know, these guys are, you know, these guys, this, is, this isn't their career. These guys got full-time jobs. Some of them are lawyers and doctors and they're taking their time to make extra bucks and come out here to officiate you guys. And you guys are bitching at them and this and that. And after that, I just, I looked at referees as a complete different, um, I had a complete different perspective and, and I've always respected refs. Um, I felt that, especially at the division three level where it wasn't, you know, they weren't making six figures and they were making, you know, 200 bucks here, 300 bucks there. Um, to come officiate a Division three game on a Saturday afternoon where they could have been, you know, out doing something with their families or, or doing something else. So um, really after that game, my, my whole perspective changed and I really started to, to appreciate and respect officials, um, you know, every every single game. Mm. Um, but not only that is I, I do I do a little bit of wrestling myself. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I've been wrestling now for – Oh man, I'm trying to think. Probably going on five years now. Wow. I would say yeah. So I ref. Uh, there's really, really, there's a really good men's league in Binghamton, which is 40 minutes from here. So I usually ref that league um, in the spring and over the summer. Uh, I ref a lot of AU tournaments when AU tournaments when the uh, the SUNY Cortland campus when it hosts AU tournaments. Mm. I ref a lot of AU tournaments there. I actually just refed uh, this past Thursday. There's a men's league that just started back up right here in town at a sport complex. Um, so I ref there. Um, so I, I respect refs. I have a lot of appreciation. So um, I'm kind of the one where uh, during games, during a year, Coach Benbar, I mean, he's been doing this long enough. You know, he just finished his, I think, 26th year at Cortland um, as a head coach, and he's been coaching for 30-plus years. So 
Um, he he knows what buttons to push here and there, but I just make sure like my job as you know his head assistant is to kind of let him know when he's overdoing it here and there, and kind of hey, all right, coach, let's you know let's let's get off him now. Like I I think he's got the point. Um, so that that's kind of been my job the last couple of years. Yeah, I was gonna say there is a duality between being a coach and being an official. I know I have that for me, and you know I will say that. I've been coaching volleyball so long, I don't think I can ever officiate it. But do you think you would ever get to the dark side fully where you wouldn't coach and you would just ref all the way? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think I love coaching way too much to be able to to put it aside and, and completely ref like full time all the way. Um, I mentioned Carmen Wingard, who you know, who, who was my assistant coach my freshman year, who got me the job in admissions. Um, he rests, so he's on a board, and he rests. Uh, he's on the female side. He rests uh, women's basketball, varsity, um, high school, and then he also rests uh, Division three uh, women's games as well in the area. So he always tells me, like, hey, man, you know, when you rest, you don't got to – there's no thinking about wins and losses, man. You can sleep at night. Uh, you know, when that when that final buzzer go, that's it. You know, because I always – during the season, I'll be like, damn, we just – you know, we had a tough game against Plattsburgh or Brockport. Or I, I, you know, I kind of come back in the office and talk about it. And he'll be like, man, yeah, I rushed the game last night. And when the game was over, I didn't have to go home and think about strategy and <laughs> and wins and losses. You know, I rushed the game. And I maybe heard it from some spectators or some coaches during the game. But, you know, when that final horn blows, that's it for me. So um, he always talk about me, you know, getting certified and maybe hopping on the board. But uh, I don't think I can really – put coaching aside to be you know a full-time ref yeah well, but I, I do i do enjoy mm-hmm. i do enjoy doing it though um like during the summer and the spring i do find myself kind of getting into the flow of things and um and, and kind of being out there yeah i mean listen i like it and i don't know if i could ever coach basketball it, i think it just it 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 gives out too much emotional energy that I just I can't I can't do it because I really feel like I feel like volleyball is good enough for me. But um, after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a college basketball coach? Um, I think just staying true to yourself. Um, you know, my mother she instilled a lot of core values in me. Um, you know, being honest, being you know, who you are, being authentic, being real, building relationships, um, you know, looking out for other people. I think all of those things are, are my core values. And um, those are things that I live by on day in and day out basis. Um, I think that allowed me to kind of put me in a position of where I am today. Like we talked about some stories of how I ended up here and it all came down to relationships that was built. Um, and I'm very, very, very fortunate to have, networked and connected with a lot of individuals over my last, you know, 11 years um, in Cortland as a, as a freshman up until now. Um, and I think that allowed me to kind of, you know, continue on at the college level and that allowed me to be successful and kind of network and, and meet different coaches and high school coaches and AU coaches and college coaches throughout my tenure here. Um, and then just building, again, true relationships where, you know, I'm not a fake individual. I think for me, and this is an honest assessment of myself, like I don't think you'll find too many people out there that would say, hey, like, tell me about, you know, Coach Mo or tell me about Maurice. Like, what can you tell me about him? I, I would hope that you wouldn't find anyone that's going to say anything bad about myself. Um, and that's, that's very important to me. Uh, of kind of, you know, and people say you shouldn't, you shouldn't care about what people think of you. 
and I and I I don't to a certain degree, but I think that you're not going to find too many people that's going to have a lot of bad things to say about myself. So mm. um, I think I think staying true to myself, staying true to my work, building authentic relationships, and 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 showing people that I do care for them um, has allowed me to to kind of get to where I am today. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go, and ultimately, where do you want to go as a coach? Yeah, I want I want to be a head coach. Um, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. I've been an assistant coach here now for I believe six years, 2010, 2014, six years. Yeah, going on seven years. You know, I've been on the staff here. Um, I've learned a lot. I've 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 learned a lot both about myself and as a coach. Um, so at this point, I'm I'm ready to go ahead and hopefully have my own program. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think for me, in order to, to get to that next step, I got to continue to learn, continue to get better, um, and then also, you know, hopefully some opportunities will will present itself within the next month or year or two that will allow me to to kind of branch off and 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 see what I can do. But my ultimate goal is to be a head coach. I want to run my program. I think I've learned a lot. You know, being on a staff here at Cortland from, from Coach Spanbauer and the other assistants that were here. Um, and then, again, talking about Coach Diana, you know, we talk a couple of times a month, if not once a week. So we're always talking. Um, I'm always breaking down their game films on Huddle. Like, after their game, I go on Huddle, watch it. We'll talk, hey, Mo, what do we do well? What do we do good? What do we do? What do we need to do to be successful against Baldwin? Things of that nature. So I'm always growing the game and learning the game. Um, I've been watching all these Zoom clinics and, and just talking to different coaches and networking. So I think I just got to kind of continue to put the work in um, and, and everything will everything will, will turn out for the best. I think um, I'm always someone that believes in if you work hard, um, I've always said if you stay true to your work, you know, good things will happen. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, so that's, that's kind of that's where I'm at. Good things have constantly always happened to you. But I did want to say, what do you think is the most thickest situation that you've ever had as a basketball player? And what is the most thickest situation that you've ever had thus far as a coach? Um, thickest situation as a basketball player? Um, I think it's always I think it's always tough as a team, as as a teammate. Um, like I, I've. I've gone through some experience here at Cortland where, you know, obviously the, the common goal is to win, right? Everyone always, when you ask someone, what's your goal? Everyone always says, well, I want to win a championship. I want to win a championship. But winning the championship is all about the process of getting there, right? So the 6 a.m. workouts, the staying after practice late, not going to the bars, breaking team rules and things of that nature. So probably the stickiest situation to me um, as a player is, it's kind of maybe seeing some teammates or, yeah, seeing some teammates maybe not stay true to, to kind of the process of getting to that championship. And that could be, you know, going out and maybe not honoring the 48-hour rule or, you know, missing 6 p.m. workouts. So I guess making sure that, you know, trying to find that line of holding guys accountable that are your friends, that are your brothers, that are your teammates, Um and making sure that they're doing the right things, but also trying to not overdo it and making sure that you're not breaking that bond and that friendship. So that's always, I think, a sticky situation is making sure that, you know, you, you hold your teammates and hold guys accountable while not overdoing it and because, you know, they are your brothers, but you do want them to be successful and succeed. Mm. Um, as a coach, 
sticky situations, I believe is, I mean, it's, it's a different generation now. I think kids nowadays love to be, um, you know, guaranteed things. I can say that Cortland is a lot different from other institutions and we don't guarantee anything here. Um, anything that you get as a player and our program is earned. Um, so for me, the stickiest situation as a coach, I think maybe comes down to the recruiting aspect where, you know, let's say, for example, a kid visits another institution, that coach can tell a kid, well, you know, listen, if you come here, you're going to start, you're going to play 30 minutes a game, you know, you're going to be a focal point of the offense, you possibly can be a, a all, you know, all SUNYAC player, or all, all league player as a freshman. And we always feel like, and Coach Spanbauer always tells me this, right? If you're a head coach, how can you promise an incoming freshman anything, yeah. right? You've, you've never seen that player play at the collegiate level, no matter how good of a player they were in high school. How, how can you promise them anything? They can get to your campus. They may not be where they need to be physically. They may take a, a couple of bumps and bruises, a couple of games, a couple of months to adjust to the college game. So how can I promise you anything? Um, and that's, and that's tricky for us because at Cortland, we don't, I'm gonna be honest, we don't guarantee anything. Mm. Uh, what I tell kids is, listen, man, you, you've heard a lot of different skills from a lot of different places. What I can tell you is that if you come to Cortland, you're going to have an opportunity, um, to be a part of a program that, that's family oriented. You're going to graduate from here and it's not a four year decision. It's a 40 year decision. Um, I got married last year and I probably had close to, I don't know, like 50, 60 people at my wedding that were people that I met from Cortland. Uh, so I tell people, man, it's a bond that you're going to have for an entire lifetime. You're going to play in a good program. You're going to compete every single day. Um, you're going to be a part of something. What I can't do is I can't promise that you're going to come here and start. I can't promise that you're going to come here and play any minute as a freshman. I can't tell you that if you come to Cortland, um, we're going to develop you as a person, as a player, um, and you're going to learn and you're going to get better as long as you do the necessary things that it takes day in and day out. So I think that's the stickiest situation for me as a coach in the last couple of years because you get some kids that want to hear the guarantees and they do hear it when they go to other campuses. But when they come here, they don't hear those guarantees and we, we make no promises. So that's kind of the stickiest thing that I go through as a coach is, is within the recruiting process. Now, on the flip side, what do you think is your best moment as a basketball player, and what is your best moment thus far as a basketball coach? Uh, my best moment as a basketball player um, was winning the SUNYAC championship my junior year. Um, again, and that and it's not the championship that was the best moment. It was the process that got us there. Mm. It was us being underclassmen as freshmen, and, and, and losing games by 20 and 30 to us losing in the SUNYAC tournament um, championship game the following year to us sticking together and saying, hey, fellas, we're going to grind all summer. We're going to do what we got to do in the preseason to coming back to my junior year, Jesse's senior year, to winning that tournament, um, that SUNYAC title. And which, because at that point in time, and that was 2013, that was the first championship that, that Coach Sandbauer has won, I think, in like, I don't know. It might have been like 15 years or something like that. So for us, that was very, very special. So I would think that was my best memory or moment as a player. But again, Ralph, it wasn't winning the championship. It was the process that it took to get there. Yep. Um, I would say as a coach, 
Uh, my best moment as a coach, um, that's tough, man. I've, I've had a lot of good moments. Anything, anytime our plays are successful, I feel like it's always a great moment for me. But I guess I'm going to go back to the 2016, the 2016 team. Um, we won a SUNYAC title in 2016. Now, that championship was different from 2013 when I played because in 2013, I think everyone knew we were going to win. Um, everyone knew that we had a lot coming back. Basically, 100% of our team came back, and we were – like, people put us in that conversation to win the title. In 2016, um, when, we, when I coached, we weren't in a conversation. We were always a middle-of-the-pack team in the conference. And then we made our run. Our goal always is to be playing our best basketball in February. So we always talk about you don't win championships in November and December, right? But you want to gradually continue to get better every single week. And I think in 2016, we took our bumps and bruises, but we hit our stride in late February, and we were able to secure a, a number two seed in the league. And number two seed gets you a bye um, in the first round of the tournament. And we were able to uh, beat a Brockport team in the second round where our point guard at the time, Shane Martinez, um, I'm going to be honest, Ralph, he probably hit, he probably made four threes all year. And that game, I think he made four threes in that entire game. And he helped us win. And then we won the championship um, hitting a, uh, a three at the buzzer, basically to beat Oswego in the SUNYAC tournament. Um, so I think that was, that was probably the highlight of my, my coaching career. That was an awesome team to coach. Uh, we had a lot of great players, but a lot of great people as individuals. Um, and that was a really, really close team. So that was probably my best moment as a coach. Mm. But I think I had a lot and in regards to a lot of our players, especially the ones that I've recruited over the last couple of years, um, having very, very successful careers. Mm. Now, basketball has brought you to so many places. I mean, you live so far away, and you never thought you would leave Uniondale or Long Island, for that matter. But um, it's brought you so many opportunities. It's made you go far and wide. It's uh, structured you in high school. It's given you the opportunity to go to school and also carve out a career for yourself and, and a life. Um, what does basketball mean to you? What has it given to you in your life? Oh, it means everything. Um, I really, truly believe that I wouldn't be in the position that I am today um, without the game of basketball. Like, everything that I have now is because of basketball, right? Um, I didn't get to Cortland. I wouldn't be at Cortland if it wasn't for basketball. Um, I'd probably be still a knucklehead, probably would have been running around the streets doing things I shouldn't have doing if it wasn't for me making the JV basketball team in 10th grade and having structure and knowing that, you know, if I, do the, if I didn't do the right things outside the classroom, then Coach D wasn't having it and I wouldn't have been able to have been a part of that program. Right. Basketball allowed me to come to Cortland, um, to get into the EOP education opportunity program, to be the first one in my family to graduate from a four year institution. Um, basketball allowed me to get into the admission side of things and higher education. Um, shoot, my wife, right? She played basketball at Cortland as well. So, you know, basketball allowed me to meet her, to build a relationship and a bond with her and be able to be able to have her. Uh, be a part of my journey uh, over the last few years. So um, basketball is everything to me. It's an outlet. It gave me an opportunity. And that's why I love the game because for me, it's, it's how can I give the next guy the opportunity that basketball has given me? And that's, that's kind of what kind of keeps me going day in and day out. 
What a great answer, man. Listen, I, I thank you for all the things that you said and all your contributions that you've had within Uniondale and, of course, at Cortland. Um, definitely stay in touch, and I want to leave some more meat on the bone so we can have a part two, man. But I appreciate you. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? No, man. Again, it's, it's really been an honor. You've been doing an awesome job. Uh, I appreciate you kind of putting this out there and giving people content and and just continue to be great and continue to give back. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get up at some point in time. I'm always, I always do come down to Long Island a, a couple of times a year. Again, right, cool. Family's there, friends are there. So hopefully uh, when we get back to some sort of normal um, mm-hmm. in these next couple of months, when I get down there, uh, I'll have to reach out. So we got to, we got to catch up and get up. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some wings and things or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, yo, tell, tell, put, put it, Put a kite on Coach D. Tell him I need him on the show, man. I, I need to speak oh, to him. Oh, say <laughs> no more. No lie. I, I can. I think if it was a person that could make that happen, I think I. I, I think I'm your guy. I yeah, think I yeah, can make yeah. That well, listen, I'm enveloping him at some point, so he, he'll he'll get on, man. But let, just stay on the line, man. But for Coach Kearney, Ralph the Ref, this is the rant. We are signing out. Peace.